I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Well, I know I'm the host, but if you're going to keep talking about election fraud, I'm out of here. All right, all right, I'm out of here. It's high noon. For Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator. Join the discussion thread at t.me slash be reasonable discussion. You can follow me on Gab at I'm your moderator. And you can buy t-shirts. You can rate the podcast on iTunes. I love that. I love the reviews. All of it. I love it. All right. So it is the 14th full day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party and happy to do their bidding. He is also the patriarch of one of America's worst families and has sold American citizens' interests for money to corporations and foreign adversaries for nearly five decades. Ding dong, the witch is dead! Finally! Congratulations, America! We're just being America again now that we have the Uniparty back in power, or at least pretending to have power. So I want to follow up on a very important story from yesterday, starring one Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, one of the most popular figures on the woke communist left and also one of the stupidest people in a prominent position of American society besides Eric Swalwell, LeBron James, and Cardi B. And we might as well throw Chris Cuomo in there. But so anyway, we woke up to the news this morning that AOC wasn't in fact anywhere near the Capitol building during her near-death experience when she was hiding behind the door in her office as the murderers nearly had her. They were bearing down on her position, their rabid mouths frothing, the light just gleaming off their exposed bloody fangs. There are still claw marks across the door of her office for when the beast tried to strike at her very existence. 
she was very, very near death and somehow not filming it. That's the recap of yesterday. So today, the change is that she actually wasn't there in the Capitol building where people were marauding, where the very violent insurrection occurred. And this was reported, and AOC is so, so stupid that she actually bothered to respond to this on Twitter. Like, this is one of those ones where you just hide and you let your minions call other people racist for disagreeing with you. I mean, she's used this move a thousand times. She's the master of it. I don't know why she decided to come out of her hole to attempt this explanation, but she said, this is the latest manipulative take on the right. They are manipulating the fact that most people don't know the layout, the Capitol complex. She missed a word there. The layout of the Capitol complex. We were all on the Capitol complex. The attack wasn't just on the dome. The bombs Trump supporters planted surrounded our offices too. Now, that, I'm not sure whether that is more stupid or more dishonest. And the truth is, it's probably just equal massive amounts of both. But saying that she wasn't actually in the place where the quote unquote insurrection took place is not a manipulation. It is factually true. It's factually true that her office literally was not in any way the place that was invaded. And she tries to just push off responsibility for her obvious lies in her video by saying that it's that the problem is that people don't know the layout of the Capitol. Well, AOC, maybe you don't know the layout of the Capitol because You were in no danger whatsoever, and that's provably true. It's also provably true that you did not describe yourself as away from the danger in a different building in your video where you said you had a near-death experience that resurfaced trauma from your previously undisclosed sexual assault. Now... Again, I don't know whether or not AOC ever experienced sexual assault, but I do know that they have redefined the term sexual assault to such a degree that pretty much anyone can claim it for anything. For instance, at colleges, it's considered date rape If a boyfriend and a girlfriend both consume two or more alcoholic beverages and then they have sex. And of course, it's not that the guy was raped. It's that the woman was raped because the two drinks made it impossible to garner her consent. And of course, in the made up world of sexual politics on the woke left, All sex is initiated 
by the man who then overpowers the woman. Unless, of course, she hasn't been educated on the patriarchy and just wants to have sex on her own. And that doesn't happen unless that sex is with a member of the same gender or a member of any non-male gender because there are so many other options. But otherwise, the woman is a victim of sexual violence by choosing to participate in a sexual experience. And especially so if she has consumed two or more alcoholic beverages, regardless of whether or not she consumed those beverages with the person she chose to have sex with, and that person also consumed alcoholic beverages. So if our standards for sexual assault are so low that totally consensual sex actually does count as sexual assault, then fine. I'm happy to say with some high degree of certainty that AOC is every bit the victim she claims to be. And that's fine. But again, why did she need to dramatize her very, very serious near-death experience by adding in resurfacing trauma from a prior undisclosed sexual assault? That is odd. But regardless of that, it is clearly not a manipulation to tell people that she was literally in a different building. That is just a factually accurate truth that she apparently does not dispute at all. And of course she doesn't dispute it. It's true. We were all on the Capitol complex. The attack wasn't just on the dome. Well, then by that standard, all of the peaceful protesters there supporting Trump and trying to get the Congress not to certify a clearly fraudulent election, well, then they were also victims. And they also had near-death experiences just like AOC had. Because it certainly wasn't all of them attempting an insurrection. No, that was mostly Black Lives Matter Antifa domestic terrorists led by John Sullivan and his 226 degenerate commie friends. So really, you might say that AOC was among the most protected people on the Capitol complex. Again, she was in a different building and she is politically aligned with the people most primarily responsible for the violence. So she was probably the safest person. And then all the Trump supporters there were the victims of what happened because now they are all being tracked by the government. Their behaviors are being monitored by the government simply for being there. And of course, Parler was a major victim. Parler is, was a, uh, a social media app that was on the way up. Number one in the app store at the moment it got taken down. And the justification for it being taken down was that Parler users were around the Capitol for this vicious attack. Parler was not there. Parler had no involvement in setting up the vicious attack. Again, that was left-wing 
domestic terrorists who AOC and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, for that matter, have supported for the last nine months and really the last five years, seven years, actually. I think it was 2014 they started. So who is the victim here? The victim here are American citizens who have had their rights infringed upon and taken away by the actions of a very small number of people. And those people were primarily on the left and working in conjunction with leftist organizations and egged on by the media that was also inside the Capitol taking their pictures, walking around with John Sullivan, as Jade Sacker was, who's a photojournalist for NPR and CNN. Once again, key figures on the woke left are appropriating the victimization and the victimhood of other people. AOC was not, by any stretch of the imagination, almost murdered. She was not almost attempted murdered. And she was not even in the fucking building. But that's not even the end of her tweet. Let's remember to address the whole thing. The bombs Trump supporters planted surrounded our offices too. Now, Pretty much all of that is false. Like, each word in there is false. Each phrase. The bombs. Okay. I suppose the bombs she must be referring to are the pipe bombs that were found at the RNC and DNC headquarters, I believe. I don't know what else she could be talking about. Let's put it that way. So those pipe bombs were planted the day before, on January 5th. The FBI agrees to that. Mainstream media has agreed to that. Those were clearly not a result of Donald Trump's incitement to anything. We have still, nearly a month later, not heard anything about who planted those bombs. Which brings me to her second phrase. Trump supporters planted. Well, if we don't know who the single person was who planted those bombs, then we certainly don't know that they were Trump supporters. Right? Now, that's not a good enough explanation for the communists because they believe that everything bad that happens is a result of Trump supporters. And they believe that everything bad that happened that day was a result of Trump supporters, even though the evidence indicates the exact opposite of their original claims. But we do not know, right, who planted those those pipe bombs. AOC is saying it's Trump supporters. That, to me, sounds like a manipulation, a manipulative take on the left, you might call it. So the bombs, that part's wrong. Trump supporters planted, that part's wrong, surrounded our offices, too. Well, does she know what the word surrounded means? Surrounded means there are things 
all around your office. But there weren't. Here's just the first piece that came up when I typed in pipe bombs, RNC, DNC, January 6th. It's from the Boston Herald. Shout out to the Boston Herald. I'm going to use you today. It's really just from the Associated Press and they're reprinting it. Two pipe bombs left at the offices of the Republican and Democrat National Committees discovered just before thousands of pro-Trump rioters stormed the U.S. Capitol, already bullshit, were actually placed the night before, federal officials said Friday. This is from January 29th. The FBI said the investigation had revealed new information, including that the explosive devices were placed outside the two buildings between 7.30 and 8.30 p.m. on January 5th, the night before the riot. The devices were not located by law enforcement until the next day. I am shocked that law enforcement missed that. It is not clear whether that means the pipe bombs were unrelated to the next day's riot or were part of the riot planning. Both buildings are within a few blocks of the Capitol. So they were in a few blocks of the Capitol? AOC just told me that they were surrounding the offices. I mean, AOC couldn't be making this up just like her near-death experience and her former sexual assault and the fact that she was hiding behind her door or that the bombs were planted by Trump supporters. She couldn't be making the whole thing up, could she? I mean, she says right here, the bombs Trump supporters planted surrounded our offices too. Well, that is just factually false. That is not even close to true. Well, God damn it. It it seems like AOC must be either stupid or lying. But it's both. Now, hopefully you got what I was going for there in in the little pre-intro intro. If you haven't seen the Newsmax bit yesterday with Mike Lindell, where Mike Lindell brought up the overwhelming evidence he has of voter fraud that he said is going to be released on Friday. And by the way, check me if I'm wrong, but I am almost certain that I saw something that said President Donald Trump was going to be on Sean Hannity on Friday evening. So I wonder if those are connected. But anyway, uh, Lindell was talking about this stuff and the anchor there kept trying to steer him back toward a conversation about getting banned on Twitter. And he like thought it was a very interesting question. Do you think that the Twitter ban might end up being temporary? Like no retard. Who cares about that? And so he eventually kept trying to defend Dominion, as you know, Newsmax had already bent the knee to Dominion a month or so ago, and he eventually just got out of his chair and walked off set. It was the most Bush League thing that I have ever seen. I mean, that guy should not have a job anymore, ever, anywhere, talking about news and politics. If he wants to go have a radio show or a podcast, by all means, buddy, hey, it's an open playing field. Jump on in. 
I'm sure that there will be an audience just waiting to hear your brilliant take on things. These news anchor jobs are the cushiest, silliest jobs on the planet. If you work for one of these corporate media companies as an anchor, do you have a brain? He's literally Will Ferrell in Anchorman. Just says whatever comes on the screen. Somebody's telling him in his ear, eject, eject, eject. All right, I'll eject. Fucking got up and left. Oh, my God. But there was actually another interview yesterday that was far more fascinating. And that was Scott Atlas appearing, actually, maybe on Newsmax. Um, but one of, the, one of the new networks, he wasn't on you know, Fox or CNN or anything. But they, were, they played for him a clip of Dr. Deborah Burks on 60 Minutes the other night talking about how it was very, very frustrating for her that it seemed like the entire time that they were working with the Trump administration, that Trump was getting more data from other sources and that they weren't all working off this one set of perfect data that she had access to. Now, when she's talking about data, she's referring to things like the, uh, the IHME model, or is it IMHE? It's been so long since I've talked about this terrible model. But... Uh, the models that she was, that they were going off of, the Imperial College model, uh, these were the initial sources of the data. And they were happy to use the high-end estimates on those clearly and obviously totally inaccurate models because those models helped them put their agenda into place. And so did the data from the CDC and other sources that were incentivizing hospitals to record deaths as COVID deaths. That is real. That is not a conspiracy. It is factual. It is backed up in mainstream media, in open sources, everywhere. Hospitals were getting paid more to record COVID cases cases that they deemed COVID probable and then to call any death a COVID death. And part of their incentive was not only the the money that they were making from doing it, it's that they were losing money from Democrat governors having shut down things like elective surgeries and other care, cancer screenings, etc., So at the same time hospitals were losing money by being unable to perform the care that usually makes them money, they were incentivized to call things COVID. And so, of course, that's what happened. And then, of course, we also know about the faulty cycle thresholds that were yielding sometimes up to the mid-90s in the percent of false positives. Even Fauci has talked about the cycle threshold being too high. Has he advocated for getting that cycle threshold back down to where it should be? No. But he has talked about it being too high. But even at the point that he was mentioning in that little bit of the interview, 35 uh, cycles, 
that also is too high. So his good standard is too high, much less the standard that they were actually using, which was 40 and sometimes higher. So when Dr. Burks is speaking about one source of data, she is literally promoting the single worst source of data and at the same time saying that Donald Trump should not have been given access to other data, other scientific data, by the way, because as I have always joked on this podcast and in my writing, I always capitalize the science and the data because they're looked at as like holy scripture. If Fauci or Burke say something is the science, then that's just it. And it's funny because if you watch the interview with Atlas, he actually (laughs) makes the exact same argument in the exact same words. So I love seeing that. And I'm not saying he stole my idea for fuck's sake. But why does Burks want there to only be one data source? And why does she want that data source to be the one that all the other countries are using as well? Well, because then that removes the doubt from normal people and from the media. All of the other information gets marginalized and called conspiracy theory, the way they did with hydroxychloroquine. When we know for a fact that hydroxychloroquine works and worked the whole time. And who knows how many lives have been lost and destroyed by their failure intentionally to recognize that. How many lives were lost and destroyed by lockdowns that the data quite clearly did not recommend and since has shown Not to work. This is also the sort of thing that explains why the media and why the science community in America was so quick to denounce Sweden's response. No lockdowns, no mask mandates. Proper recording of the disease and the deaths. They didn't like any of that because that was direct proof that what they were doing was not only wrong, it was corrupt and none of it was science. And that is something they just can't abide. But we're forced to. That is what you call a global agenda. All the countries are on the same page, the same recommendations based on the same faulty data. So when people say, oh, really, like the whole world just went along with this thing just to get Donald Trump out of office, that's really what happened? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it kind of is. Well, why is Donald Trump so important? Well, Donald Trump's so important because he's the one stopping That global agenda that you can see through facts has now spent over a year blatantly lying to most of the countries around the world about an extraordinarily important issue. 
So yes, it actually does make sense that Donald Trump was that much of a hindrance to them. The United States is still the most powerful country in the world with the biggest military. And for most of our history, we have been the most independent of other nations, although that has been chipped away and chipped away and chipped away by organizations like the UN, the World Trade Organization, and the World Health Organization. And of course, those three bodies were all directly in line with the data that Dr. Burks supports. You can watch Trump's speech at the UN last year where he talks about how the globalist agenda will end and that the United States will be no part of it. We don't need to pretend these things aren't real just because the mainstream media refuses to talk about them. They're also not conspiracies just because someone else is able to point it out six months or a year or two years or five years before it becomes common knowledge among the party of false decorum. And that's really all we're waiting for ever. We're just waiting for the party of false decorum to tell us it's okay to talk about that thing now because they decide what's okay to talk about and not talk about. That's why they're the party of false decorum. They want everything to be had and everything to be contained within these safe little boundaries that they choose for their own benefit. That's the whole point. Now, we were talking yesterday about how Joe Biden is definitely, definitely, definitely not a dictator. He's also not a legitimate president, but he's definitely not a dictator. I mean, we know that based on all the things that he says about being a dictator, which he then does, but we know he's not a dictator because the media says it's okay. So the person he installed to lead the Pentagon, Lloyd Austin, the new fake secretary of defense, is now ridding the Pentagon of people perceived to be Trump loyalists, which is definitely, definitely not something dictatorships do. Dictatorships definitely do not try to rid the ranks of the military of people who may not be supporters of their dictatorship. That has never happened in the world ever. So that's how we know that this sort of behavior is okay from who, you know, an administration who is clearly not dictatorial and, you know, clearly very competent and honest and legitimate. So there's nothing to worry about there at all. Now, I was thinking about this last night. Uh, I am a massive South Park fan, always have been. I think that they are consistently ahead of the curve on basically every social issue always. And their takes are smart and hilarious and well-executed. And if you've never seen uh, Six Days to Air, the little South Park documentary about how they will literally come up with an episode, write it, produce it, create it, and bang, it's on air next week. It's amazing. Uh, 
Matt Stone and Trey Parker are just the best. But if you haven't seen this episode, I'll try to explain it as quickly as possible. But the episode is called Butters Bottom Bitch. And the character Butters basically uh, (laughs) winds up around a bunch of like old school pimps with like their big fur jackets and the crazy colors and the crazy cars and their pimp cane like drinking out of chalices and shit. And and they teach him (laughs) how to how to be a pimp and how he needs to have his own bottom bitch, which is like the prostitute that keeps the other ones in line. I can't believe I said prostitute like hooker. They're hookers. If you're a street hooker, you're a hooker. You're not even a prostitute. Prostitutes are like the chicks on Instagram in Hollywood. Ah, he said it. He said it. I'm just kidding. Those are escorts. And models. So anyway, the, the bottom bitch is the, is the hooker that keeps the other hookers in line. She's like the most important one. The one that has the real relationship with the pimp. For a while. Until she stops earning or until, you know, she's disloyal. But I was thinking about that last night and realized that Joe Biden is China's bottom bitch. He has made the most money off them. He is the most likely to do whatever they say. And they basically installed him in power at a point in his life where he is completely incompetent and incapable of wielding that power. And so now he continues to just do whatever they say in a position of much greater power, which means that he can be run by people, even in his own administration, who are aligned with their goals. And there are already hints and stories in the media about how Ron Klain might be the guy doing all of that. Because again, it is not a conspiracy and it is not mean and it is not evil. It's not outlandish to say that Joe Biden has virtually no control over his mental faculties. You can watch video of him from 10 years ago. And is was he a smart man? Was he brilliant back then? No, he was still a corrupt buffoon. But he was clearly thinking at at least a normal average human level. He was processing information and working with it in real time. He's not doing that now. In fact, the guy that's out there talking to us every day doesn't even look like the same person or sound like the same person. Or sign his signature like the same person, which is probably just an outlandish conspiracy. I mean, the different signature is, in fact, on official documents at this point. But to even say there might be something wrong with it, well, that sounds crazy. We can't operate on things like common sense, even though that's what leads us to need two masks, Anthony Fauci. 
we, we're not allowed to think things like, whoa, hey, his signature was always the same. And now somehow it's completely different on some of the executive orders. That's a thought we're not allowed to express because then that calls into question the legitimacy of the entire thing. Like as if everyone is just in on some big lie and that can't happen. Like there's no scenario in the world where everybody is just participating in one big lie. I mean, who would ever believe that multiple people in positions of power could collude on one big lie? I mean, that would be like believing that Wall Street didn't just rig the market to protect themselves from people buying GameStop. It is becoming more and more difficult for me to understand how at this point, normal, seemingly rational people can just continue to dismiss every little thing out of hand. I mean, they're literally trying to impeach a president who is no longer president of Washington, D.C. And they're trying to do it on the basis of his inciting of a riot, which he clearly could not have incited in the way they described. And you've got people like AOC who are the most on board with that. In fact, she wants Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley investigated for for murder or something. She wants them out of the Senate because she had a fake near-death experience where she was actually not even physically anywhere near the only deaths that occurred. And then she's covering that up with a story about bombs that also weren't anywhere near her. But no, there's no way a group of people could possibly coordinate their lies. Just like there's no way they could have done it last year while covering up the fact that cities like Seattle and Portland were experiencing riots every night for four straight months. They would never coordinate a lie to cover that up. They just inadvertently didn't show it on the news. They must not have had the clips queued up at the right time. Probably just the fault of a producer. It could have been a computer glitch like everything else is. Or it could have been simple human error. But it definitely was not an intentionally coordinated lie to the American public. Because that can't happen. Which is why you don't need to worry about things like Joe Biden's signature radically changing in a period of days after having the same signature for the entire time in public office. That stuff can't happen. And the reason it can't happen is because we're told that it doesn't happen. And if we're told that it doesn't happen, well, who are we to object? I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns do not work. 
and Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofi. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!